Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Simeon Cohen, and in case you've been wondering, I am a second-year rabbinical student at the Jewish Theological Seminary. Today, we will be beginning the fourth parak of Masechet Beitzah with Daf Lamed, page 30. Um, but we're actually going to begin with a Mishnah that comes at the very, very end of Daf 29 um, that spills over, actually, the Mishnah itself spills over into our Daf. The Mishnah begins as follows. Hamavi kade yain mimakom lamakom, lo yaviyem besal uvekupa, aval mavihu aktefo olafanav. One who brings wine jugs from one place to another may not bring them in a basket or in a tub, as is the usual weekday manner, on Yom Tov, as this is disrespectful of the festival. But he may bring them on his shoulder or carry them in front of him. Similarly, one who brings straw, presumably for kindling or for feeding animals, may not place the tub with the straw inside behind him while carrying it, as this is the usual weekday manner, but he may transport it in front of him, holding it in his hand in an unusual fashion. The Mishnah then goes on to tell us that one may begin to take straw for kindling on Yom Tov, but not wood from a woodshed, presumably in one's backyard, but I actually want to focus on the first part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah here is teaching that one who needs to carry jugs of wine or straw on Yom Tov may in fact do so if one distinguishes his manner of carrying from the way he generally carries during the week or on a normal weekday. So the rabbis here are making an allowance. Uh, They know that people need to carry things. They know that people have responsibilities. Um, but they also are trying to maintain the integrity and the sanctity of, of Yom Tov, uh, trying to ensure that it's different than every other day of the week, than, than normal days. Uh, so they say that if you need to carry, you can, but you need to do so in a different way in recognition of the Yom Tov. So the Mishnah is already propounding a fairly lenient position here, but the Gemara opens by bringing in a Brita, which offers an even greater leniency. Tana, im ef shanot, mutar. A tana taught in a brita. If it is impossible to modify the manner in which one carries a vessel, a vessel, then it's permitted to carry it in the typical weekday fashion. So the Gemara goes on to relate a ruling that Rava instituted in Machoza, which was a big Jewish city, a primarily commercial city that was on the Tigris River. Um, so it's possible that this ruling was based on the fact that Rava was in Machoza and uh, Machoza was a big center of commerce, so stipulations needed to be made so commerce could proceed on Yom Tov. So Rava instituted the following in Machoza. One who usually carries his burden with difficulty on a weekday should modify his habit 
and carry it on a festival with a pitchfork. One who usually carries it with a pitchfork should carry it with a carrying pole, which was held by two people on their shoulders. And one who generally carries with a carrying pole should carry with a carrying pole in his hands. And one who carries burdens on a carrying pole in his hands should spread a scarf over it. And if it is not possible to make these modifications, it is permitted to proceed in the usual manner. As the master said above, if it is impossible to modify, it is permitted. So again, this is the rabbis displaying their deeply pragmatic side. They understand the economic realities of the day, and they know that business needs to proceed. So they say that if it's necessary for you to carry on Yom Tov, then you should try and carry in a different way than you generally carry on a weekday. Um, but they also concede that if it's impossible for you to carry in a different way, due to either a time restraint or a physical restraint, uh, then it is actually permitted for you to carry in the way that you generally carry during the week. Uh, I'm now going to move on to a different topic that is discussed in our DAF, which is the interesting topic of the permissibility of clapping or dancing on a Yom Tov. Roughly halfway down page 30a, the text says the following. Rava Bar Chanin said to Abaye, We learn in a Mishnah, the rabbis decreed that one may not clap nor strike a hand on his thigh nor dance on a festival. But the text goes on to say, nowadays we see people dancing and clapping on Yom Tov, yet we say nothing to them, we let it slide. Uh, why is this? If there's a prohibition against dancing and clapping on Yom Tov and people are doing it, why aren't we saying anything to them? A few lines down, we get the answer to this question. Leave the Jews alone. It is better that they be unwitting sinners and not be intentional sinners. In other words, this principle is operating under the assumption that even if you rebuke these people and tell them that what they're doing is a violation of halakha and a transgression, they won't actually change their behavior. So it's better for them to unknowingly transgress than to know that they're transgressing and continue to do it. But actually, when this halakha is recorded in the Shulchan Aruch, Karo adds uh, another stipulation that when determining whether or not to rebuke a person, you should take that person's character into account. If you think that by telling them they may actually stop transgressing and change their behavior, then it may be appropriate for you to tell them that they're transgressing. But if you think that they will continue on, uh, you shouldn't tell them. So determining whether or not to rebuke a person is contingent on the person. This seems like a level-headed way to approach this principle. Before educating a person about a piece of legis legislation, it may be best to take that person's character into account. If you think that they will change their behavior after learning about the law, then it's probably appropriate to educate them about the law. But if you think that they'll continue transgressing, but from this, and from this point onward with knowledge that they're transgressing, then it's probably best not to inform them about the law. So when applying this principle, use your seichel. Thank you for studying today's page with me, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for page 31.
I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.